Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to SWAT Radio here on Friday, August. 28th, I guess it is. Is it the 28th or the 29th? I think it's the... It is the 28th. The 28th. I'm David Gray, along with my friend Doug McCary, and we are glad that you're with us. I was joking with Doug before we came on. I haven't been on for a while. I'm back from my banishment after my poor golf performance on on Doug's team at the... SWAT retreat. So well, you know, when I played against here. you, you did great. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh. So I was excited that you were on my team until our first couple of holes. Ah, uh, like, man. Oh, I, well, that's that's the way it is with golf, right? Good one day, bad the next. <laughs> well, so. um, here here's the thing. You know, Dave, you and I were talking before the program. By the way, if you're just tuning into SWAT radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And we are about men's discipleship. Now, we have a lot of women that listen. You know, a lot of women have called in or emailed. And so we, we have a, a wide listening audience, young, old, men, women. And uh, we're, we're happy for that. But our focus is on men. It's on discipling men. And uh, SWAT was started about seven years ago as a Bible study. And uh, the Bible study was to train men in discipleship using the word of god as the anchor point or we call it the starting point uh, as god's word is our authority and starting point and then helping men become reproducing multiplying agents of faith that's what our goal is to have men who will reproduce be spiritual leaders in their families, but they do that by following Christ. You know, if you set your goal to be a spiritual leader, you just fall short if that's your goal. If you set your goal to follow Christ, he will use you to be an influence if you follow him. And so uh, the five core values are God's word as our authority and starting point, prayer, staying close to our commander, and evangelism, engaging witnesses for impact. Everybody can be a witness Everybody is a witness. Think about in this day of constant news, uh, whether it's the hurricane, the pandemic, whether it's what's going on with our, our, you know, within our country as far as the violence and the protest and the riots, whatever it is, we witness every day about things we see. And what we're called to be is his witnesses, uh, quoting from Acts 1-8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so that's what we talk about at SWAT, engaging witnesses for impact, people who will be a witness for Christ wherever they go. And then discipleship, making his last command our first priority. And the final core value is a band of brothers, this community, a band of brothers around the word who are encouraging one another, modeling, encouraging, holding each other accountable. And and that's what we do. So out of that, SWAT Radio started four years ago. And here we are. Um, continuing to do this. And on Fridays, we typically, Monday through Wednesday, we kind of go through a subject. Thursday, we have a guest. And then Friday is kind of a anything goes goes day. We're calling it Disciple Days. Uh, guys in the community who are involved in discipleship. Dave, I know you're very involved in the Great Feast 
right? Great I mean, banquet. Great banquet. I call it yeah. the feast banquet. Unfortunately, yeah. that hasn't been able to be held for a while because of the pandemic. But, yeah, it's a great ministry. Well, it's a great ministry, and I know you've been involved with SWAT for a while. And I, I think we're living at a time. I was astounded yesterday or Wednesday when I went home because if you haven't been watching the news very much, you may not be aware that out in Wisconsin they've had a big deal going on where a there was a young male who was involved in some kind of domestic disturbance. Police were called out. The young man did not um, respond appropriately to the police commands. He and he uh, apparently uh, allegedly made a threat uh, that he had a gun. He did have a knife at one point and was not responding. I think they tried to tase him. And he was trying to go back, not responding to their commands, reaching into his car, and he was shot. And immediately, uh, there was a whole host of people making judgments about it, whether it was, uh, you know, motivated by his ethnic background, motivated for whatever reason. And they were bringing in all other factors. He had three kids in the car. Then the next day, you see the headline, father of six shot makes it sound that the media crafts stories that we live in today. The media has narratives, and it doesn't matter which media it is. Everybody's pushing some kind of narrative. It's We've moved beyond the point of news in our country, and unless you're there visibly observing it, it takes a long time, doesn't it now, Dave, to sift through truth. Well, we've talked about that a lot, and that is <clears throat> we've encouraged people. I think I know the times I've been on, and I've heard you do it many times, to dig for the truth and it takes work mm-hmm. but you have to do it i was just listening to the guy sitting in for rush limbaugh on the way in and and he was quoting someone else but basically saying journalism is dead and it has been for a while and everything like to your point is seems to be crafted mm-hmm. to fit one narrative or another the, the the lack of context for some of these events that's reported the lack of full disclosure um Picking and choosing, you know, cherry picking certain parts of the event or certain parts of a quote to try to prove. And a it certain goes point. every which way. It's Absolutely. not just one side. Absolutely. I mean, and this is why it's so important. You know, I think there's even a proverb that says the first person to tell their side of the story comes across as right. Mm. But there's always two sides to stories. Right. And and one of the things um, that the Bible talks about a lot is justice. And justice means that the truth comes out and the right thing is done. Now, we live in a time where people are thinking they're doing the right thing by crafting a narrative that is not true to to advance a cause right. they believe in. Right. And the, the, idea, cause the ideology be, trump, trumps the truth. It, no, exactly. No well, no. It, and, and, it, it, and it's – but it's not right yeah. because – like uh, there was a young man in Wisconsin who's 17 years old. I heard about it yesterday. There was a shooting at the protest the other night. Uh, just to set context, the first night of protest or the second night of protest, 30 businesses were burned mm. to the ground up in Wisconsin. 30 businesses. That's not protest. That's a riot. So so it, it's not protest and even 
people on on differing sides are agreeing that's not the answer to do that right and but people are doing it because it's not about the protest it's about trying to change a system people have a problem with so they believe that the ends justifies the means instead of going about things uh, a, a different way. And so they burned 30 businesses to the ground. Well, the following day, there was a group of people that said, you know what, we're going to take up arms since the police aren't here. The firemen are here. We're going to go out and protect these businesses. So a young 17-year-old boy that apparently either had a desire to be a police officer or to be involved with right. that kind of stuff. I mean, I saw a video of him cleaning a wall. He was cleaning graffiti. So this is not just some teenage boy that says, I'm going to go shoot people. He obviously believed that what was going on was wrong, from a, from right or wrong for him to have a firearm out there. He believed that what he was doing was right mm-hmm. to protect property. Mm-hmm. So he goes out with some friends and other people to be a militia because the police weren't there. So I personally, my conviction is that I'm looking at this whole situation is that the mayor or the governor, whoever the leaders were in that area, to me, are as much to blame as that young man. Because had the police been there, he wouldn't have been there. Yeah. Honestly, I'm surprised, given what's been happening, that there haven't been more situations like that with average citizens out there trying to protect business with weapons. Now, now there have been incidents of people out trying to protect and not necessarily armed, and they've been beaten and mm-hmm. they've been killed. The the widow of that St. Louis police chief, uh, uh, David Dorn, was spoke last night, and I remember that story from when it happened. He was killed, and it was live streamed. It was on Facebook, and she talked about that last night. And so, honestly, I'm I'm surprised that there haven't been more situations where people are bringing weapons to defend property defend businesses because the police aren't there and i'm not saying that that's the police's fault because the police in many instances are being hamstrung or they're being told not to be exactly they're being told to stand down and and it's it's very difficult for them and so but here's the point it's not even the point that the guy was doing this you can debate whether he should have been or shouldn't have been there as a 17-year-old. I mean, shoot, there was there was many times where 17-year-old young men volunteered uh, and lied about their mm-hmm. age to get in the Marine Corps or the Army mm-hmm. or the Navy or the Air Force to go during World War II to fight. Why? Because they were moved by the right and wrong thing to do at that point. Mm -hmm. So you can argue whether he was right or wrong. I'm not going to debate that. What I want to talk about is the fact that when he went out there, he was approached by a protester, rioter, I'll call them both, their protester slash rioter, who threatened him uh, and he shot him. Now, when you don't have to be armed with a gun to fear for your life. If seven people are coming at you telling you they're going to beat you up, you have the right to defend yourself. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Cause I want to talk about, we still haven't got, I want to lay out what I saw on the news and what they did and how wrong it was and warn people, be careful about what you're talking about. Make sure you have the facts 
before you start rendering judgments on things. Mm. We're going to take a break here. Glad you're with us on SWAT Radio. Give us a call at 844-777-7928. If you have a comment or question, and we'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. SWAT Radio, David Gray, along with Doug McCary, and we're glad you're with us. Uh, our number here is 844-777-7928 if you want to give us a call, and we're glad you're listening, as always, on 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, 91.3 in uh, Folkston, Georgia, uh, or in uh, Coastal Virginia, Meridian, Mississippi, or on the SWAT Radio app or online. Boy, there's so many places that you can listen, but we're glad you're with us. Well, you know, I want to go back, Dave, to that that story of that young man out in Wisconsin. So the point is, he shoots a guy who apparently is approaching an eyewitness. I heard an eyewitness who was there testifying to what happened. The guy was neutral. He didn't. In fact, the guy tried to save the life of the person he shot. Mm. He said that guy approached him and he was fearful so he shot him right well then the people around started to move in on the 17 year old and they chased him and said they were going to beat him up and i saw the video of that it was on somebody had posted on social media wednesday afternoon you could see it well by the time i got home wednesday or you know wednesday Wednesday about 5.30 had already been pulled from the internet. Mm -hmm. You couldn't find it on Twitter. You couldn't find it out there. Now you could see 
edited parts of it, but what I saw initially was the unedited video of the the situation unfolding. But by the time I got home, there was nothing unedited. Mm. They had cut parts of it. And then I turned on the news on uh, MSNBC. I, I looked at Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC. On MSNBC, the I mean, most people just reported that there had been shots fired, a person injured. The MSNBC anchor said that a... Um, a boy was sitting in the street with a rifle shooting at people. Mm-hmm. Now, just stop and think about that. Yep. A boy sitting in the street shooting. That is not what happened. Right. He was chased and knocked down by a guy with a skateboard, and he stumbled and turned around, and these people were coming in who had been threatening to him. So he was trying to defend himself, right or wrong, whether he should have had a gun. I'm not going to make a judgment. Right. But what happened was not what was portrayed. Right. That whips people up into a frenzy, yeah. and it makes people think that people are just randomly doing things. That's not the truth. And as believers, we have a responsibility to speak the truth. And if we don't know the truth, we need to be very careful before we weigh in to on wait, things. Wait for the facts, and it you know less lethal situation. But what you just described is almost to a T with what happened with that Nicholas Sandman kid, that the kid from Covington High School that. You know, that just spoke at the RNC and was, you know, won a settlement, right, from a lot of places. But what what was the original reporting on that? The reporting was that these smart Alec kids, high school kids, were harassing a poor old Native American at the Right to Life March, right? And and the facts were that and being and saying racist things to him and all that kind of thing, but then it came out that the guy who was the Native American was a professional agitator and protester, and there was another protest group there yelling things at the Covington High School kids or the Covington, Kentucky kids because they were wearing MAGA hats, a couple of them. Wait a minute. So you're saying that what was presented by the media wasn't true? <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Yeah. Well, it's a very. It's, it just reminded me when you just talked about this most recent thing in Kenosha, it reminds me of that Nicholas Sam and they and the media tried basically to ruin this kid's life to fit their narrative. Well, I mean, it, it, as you think about what's happening in our country from a biblical point of view, I want to remind you that when sin is not confronted, we're not talking about um, sins of ignorance here. When people knowing things aren't right, but they justify them because they believe that they have something entitlement coming or they believe that those people had it coming to Mm -hmm. them, it's still sin. And by failing to confront sin, we allow it to metastasize. And what we're seeing in our country right now is you have people sitting at a restaurant being berated and people threatening them if they don't acquiesce to whatever the mob wants. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like when it's up now? If you're, let's say you have a Bible, and people are telling you you need to you need to throw that Bible away, or you need to, you know, say that that's trash. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, if the mob decides that's what they want, 
You can't control the mob. The mob rule never works, and our founding fathers knew that. That's why they set up the safeguards they did. But I, I really do. I go back to leadership. It's really, I think it falls on the governors, the mayors, uh, those people who are in charge. If you, if you allow people to do something, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't allow, like, what good does it do to set a curfew if you don't follow and in, impose it and, and right. have consequences right. for people that violate it? And we were just talking about waiting for facts to come out and waiting to see, to your point earlier, what both sides of the story are. And what you see happening in all these incidents are these local leaders taking immediately taking the side opposite the police. Mm-hmm. There's an immediate judgment against the police by these local leaders, and I think that's what is allowing these riots and looting and everything to happen. They, they are afraid to condemn the mob and the violence. Yeah. And it's not until things are getting really bad that, that maybe they're starting to do that a little bit. But there's And that's part of the narrative that you're talking about. It's not about justice it's not about uh you know enforcing the law it's about a narrative and it's about not speaking out immediately uh or or, or it's about it should be about waiting until all the facts are in well, and that's not happening well listen if you're a believer if you're listening to this broadcast today and you're a believer there is no justification for burning down businesses those people who own those businesses, they're not part of the they, – they, they haven't done anything except to live in an area where something uh, happened that people wanted to use in a political way. Because I'm going to tell you, I've talked to at least uh, three police officers or law enforcement people who every one of them said they would have responded very similar if you give somebody who has been – in that, I mean, so here's the deal. For those of you who are out there, I was a law enforcement officer for years, okay? And so you, when you go out to respond to a call, whatever it is, I wasn't a, a police officer. I was an FBI agent. But still, I worked on a task force with Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. I was very familiar with the things they did. And when you are going and you respond to a call, you get information as much as they can give you. Sometimes it's a little, but sometimes it's a lot. So if you respond to a call and they tell you, okay, you're going out and the person out there who is causing the issues is this person. There's a warrant out for his arrest. He has a history of violence. He's He's been arrested seven times. He's been known to have a firearm. You weigh all those things in as you're going out to have that initial encounter. So when you when you go into that situation... You approach that person with a caution based upon, first of all, you're cautious anyway, but when you hear that they've had encounters before with police and resisted arrest or they've had weapons before, you're on a heightened sense of alert mm-hmm. because you want to go home and hug your kids at the end of the day and your wife, right? You want to go home and go home alive. So when you go into that situation and then these people fail to comply or they don't you know, they brandish a weapon or whatever, then all of a sudden you're so focused on survival at that mode, you're doing whatever needs to do to get that person under control. Right. 
And I, it's not justifying what happened there. I'm just telling you the mindset sure. of the people when they go out. And so they they probably didn't look in the van. Their focus was on the guy who had the knife, yep. the call to 911. Yep. So when they go in there and then he gets into the van, probably the only people that knew that there were three kids in the van at that time was the guy who went in. Why he brought his kids there, I don't know. But it's not the police officer's fault if a guy brings them into that situation he's the one who endangered their kids and mm-hmm. i haven't heard anybody say that <clears throat> no nobody's no. talking about that no there's there, there doesn't seem to be much conversation trying to understand the point of view of the police officers yeah and 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 and, and i say that with all respect for people who are genuinely concerned about the people who are being shot i i totally well, I don't totally understand because I'm not always I'm not in that situation, and I'm and but I I want to respect that I, I totally get people's concern about that. But you hear very little conversation to your point from the standpoint of these are police officers on the street dealing with a very volatile situation, and one wrong move they could be dead, right? And yeah. and and. I don't know what that's like. Okay, I've, well, I've listen, never been Dave, in that situation. Do, you probably have. Do you know that I, I think I, I read one stat. I think it was a 2018 stat. 90% or 91% of all police officers killed with a gun were killed by a gun, their gun. Mm-hmm. Somebody right. used their gun against them. Right, right. So I, you I don't have to be yep. armed right. to be a threat to a police officer. Right. Right. My understanding, you mentioned it earlier, and again, we're waiting for the facts to come out, but these are some of the things that have started to trickle out. Apparently, this gentleman in Kenosha was tased twice, and it didn't work. It didn't, and was not responding to the commands, to your point, and then walked around the other side of the car, started to lean into the car. And again, I don't know, you know, we'll wait and see what all the facts are, but we have not heard... From the, from the police officer's point of view, certainly. So I think that has to come out. Well, I think that, you know, for believers, that um, anything that is contrary to Scripture, we believe that if it's opposed to Scripture, that it, it's not going to lead to us growing in a healthy way in our communities, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the way God designed us is to be a light and to grow and to, to be contributing members of our society, uh, and if it's contrary to Scripture, we're not going to see that. So the burning the businesses and the not responding to commands ain't going to be a, a way to do that. And, of that. course, many of the people losing their businesses are the people that these groups say they want to protect and I, defend. I, I so, anyway, we're going to take a break here for the news at the bottom of the hour. We're glad you're with us. Come back after the break, 844 There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walks away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's on
Welcome back, everyone, to SWAT Radio here on Friday, August 28th. And we mentioned that to let you know that we are live here at the Salem Center in Jacksonville. Glad you're with us. Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or question. I'm David Gray along with Doug McCary. And, you know, Doug, just to make it lighter for a second, at the beginning of the show, we were joking about my less-than-stellar golf performance at the SWAT retreat. But I did want to mention what a great day that was. And um, it's a great idea to have that in the summer when guys haven't seen each other for a little while and to get the teaching that we had from from H.B. Charles and uh, be able to – have dinner and just see people. It was a really great day. And looking forward, I know you might want to mention that our Bible studies, the SWAT Bible studies, are starting up right the right, yep, after, right after September ninth. September ninth is the first one uh, at Woody's at six thirty a.m. Then here at the Salem Center that uh, same day at noon, and then uh, on Thursday morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food, and then on uh, Thursday night on Zoom. So if you want to join by Zoom, you can send me an email to Doug at SWATradio.com and say, hey, I'd like to join in on that SWAT Zoom uh, at 7 p.m. And then on Friday morning at the Village Inn at 9 a.m. down in St. Augustine. And all those details are on SWATradio.com, the meeting details. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So check that out. You know, Doug, we were talking, you know, about some of the incidents that are going on and the the way that things are being reported as half truths or no truths, you know, in order to fit a, a, a narrative on, on, on both sides. And, um, the other, the other incident that I think about that's really been eating at me a little bit, um, is the incident with the couple in a few weeks back or maybe a couple months ago now in St. Louis where, uh, the couple, the McCloskeys were at home and like any other night and getting ready for dinner and suddenly had a mob of three to 400 people, basically on their front lawn surrounding their house and, um, you know, yelling threats at them, yelling that they were going to kill them and they were going to sleep in this bedroom after they well, were they, dead. They've and, actually yeah. been indicted, I yeah, think. The, 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 yeah, but the, the mob was yelling things uh, allegedly that, that they were going to kill them and sleep in their bedrooms when they were dead and take showers in this bathroom and pointing to different rooms in the house saying they were going to kill their dog. And the couple came out with weapons. Mm-hmm. that they owned legally and just stood on their porch or in the front yard. I, and, you know, the picture in the paper, of course, when I first saw this, I just remember seeing the picture in the paper and, uh, and the paper, it made it look like, you know, they were, they were brandishing these weapons at the people without cause and, and all of that. So, um, but one of the things that struck me is, how close any of our, us are to this potentially happening. And and I was thinking about picturing being at home, right? On any yeah. gi- on any given night, yeah. your family's there, you're getting they were they were getting ready to cook dinner. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've got 3 to 400 people on your front lawn screaming at you that they're going to kill you mm-hmm. and move into your house. I, I mean I've really tried to envision that and think, what would my reaction what, what, be What there? about if you're like that couple up in, in Washington, D.C. at a restaurant? Let's say you're visiting up there. You're taking your kids to go see some of the national monuments and you're eating. And all of a sudden, 50 to 60 people surround you right. and start demanding that you raise your fist and telling you what to do. And they're screaming obscenities at you. 
and your kids are there and your yeah. wife's there. I mean, what do you do? Right. I, I've I've thought about these things. I mean, it's. I mean, would you have ever thought that this doesn't sound like America? America. No. And early on, remember the the demand was for people to kneel, yeah, and apologize for privilege or their race or whatever it was. But, um, and then I I want to get this right, but I believe that I have it right. The woman who was leading that mob, if you will, that was on were on the McCluskey's front lawn is the Democratic candidate for Congress from that district. I, she won the primary. I think she did, yeah. And from what I've heard, because of the – that that's a Democratic liberal area, she's basically a shoe-in to win the election. So this person that was leading this mob, standing on this private home's front lawn, screaming – and I don't know what she was screaming, but certainly people in the crowd she was leading were yelling that they were going to kill these people – is now sounds like almost a guarantee to be a congresswoman. Yeah, uh, well, and that's what I think. We're, what people need to understand that we're dealing with. Well, it, the the problem for all of us right now is that we are we we know we've been talking this week. You you weren't here about earlier this week about how God has really called His people to be thermostats, not thermometers. Mm. We are to be regulators and and people who bring light right and hope and calm trust instead of panic uh, and i think what happens is a lot of people aren't sure how to speak truth with conviction mm. and love uh, in the midst of stuff like that right uh i know we got a caller ken welcome to swat radio Good afternoon. I, I I hope you can hear me. We, yeah, we got you. Where are you Where are you calling from? From Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Well, good. Well, glad you're listening. What's going on? What's on your mind? Well, I was listening to the story about the uh, the gentleman that sparked all the rioting in Kenosha and the incident with the police, and I'm just so deeply saddened that we no longer teach our children any longer that. You respect authority and police are those authorities. Mm. And when they tell you, put your hands on the wheel or kneel or whatever, you respect that authority and do it. Yeah. yeah I, and I, I think you, it, we live in an interesting time. Can you bring up a really good point? Because, and it's not just in dealing with police. I mean, it, we live in an age where everybody's opinion they believe is more important than it really is because of social media. Mm. And because of all the ways we have to express ourselves, whether it's through kids on video games or whatever, and and so kids feel emboldened, and I call them kids. I mean, young people feel very emboldened. And if you look at a lot of these protesters, a lot of the ones being arrested, a lot of the ones that are causing the problems are under twenty five years old, twenty six years old. They're young. They're, these are not. These are not older people um, who have most of them worked hard for their life and understand the value of hard work. Uh, I'm not saying that they don't do work, but I'm saying that that it's just we're living in a time where the respect for authority. And I think it's been eroding for quite some time, actually. Uh, I mean, how old are you, Ken? 
I'm over 60. Okay. You're over 60. Did you ever, before you were 30 years old, ever refer to an adult by their first name? No. No, and I, the police were never referred to as a cop. Well, no, I, 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 I never referred to an adult. Like, for instance, I, David Gray is oh. here. I wouldn't have gone into his home as a teenager and called him David ever. But I've had that happen. People do that to me. It's very commonplace now for young people under the age of 20 to refer to their friend's parents by their first name. Mm-hmm. It's a very bizarre thing to me I, that that that. And I don't know if that's just a Southern thing because I grew up in the South. I was taught to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, and call people by their name. But even today, I the people that are older than me, I typically refer to as Mr. or the first time until they say, call me whatever, you know? I mean, and I just, I see that as part of it as well. You know, it's just this uh, feeling of, I don't, I don't know, a lack of respect for yeah. for elders or authority or I, I just lump it all together that that we've kind of lost a lot of that we have, and i want to let ken comment but we have a lot of teachers in our family you know, my parents were teachers my son's a teacher one of the things my folks said over the years was the change in um, the situation with students and parents and doug I'm sure, and ken i'm sure you both can relate to this when we were kids if your parents were called into the school to speak to the teacher or the teacher sent a note home, was there any question about who was right and who was wrong? Oh, no. The parents immediately sided with the teacher, right? <laughs> you you were in trouble as the kid, as the student. And, and I've just heard from them and from others that over the years, the parents have become a much bigger problem than the kids, that the parents will never – side or often they don't side i shouldn't say never but often they don't side with the teacher well they won't well they because they don't want to believe it's the, their kid's fault yeah so yeah. yeah well ken i i i do appreciate you calling and agree with you that the it, i don't know if you heard what i said earlier about it this stuff is metastasizing all over the country because well well stop and think about what's happened think about just what happened and and dave's a big sports guy could you ever have imagined 15 years ago the players saying hey we're not playing the playoff game for because we don't agree with this and and that happening it wouldn't have happened 15 years ago no and that gets down a different a different path altogether but you're absolutely right i i agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying We've really lost a lot of values, and they somehow were lost sometime along the way. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ken, for calling in and for listening to SWAT Radio, Dave. I know we've got to go to a break, but I'd love if other people want to call in. The thing that we've got to do as believers is we've got to keep lifting up our leaders in prayer. Pray that God would raise up godly men and women to speak truth to these things right yeah also i've been praying as we were talking about a minute ago that the election will be fair we're going to be right back after this break come back with us here on swat radio thanks this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. David Gray and Doug McCary here on a Friday afternoon from the Salem Center in Jacksonville. And, Doug, right before we went to break, when I mentioned praying that the election would be fair, just to elaborate on that for a second, praying that God would thwart any attempt on either side to to fraudulently manipulate votes, to, to fraudulently influence votes, to intimidate people, just that the result of the election, however it comes out, will be the true result based on how people voted and that they're that because we're hearing so much you know you don't know what to believe right you're hearing so much about the post office and mail-in voting <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff you know it, it's hard to keep up with what's the truth if, if it's really out there and uh so that's been how i've been praying you know is that god would just not only raise up godly leaders but that he'd give us as as the people the wisdom to vote the right way. I know you had Bennett on and, and your other guests who were who were talking about that a couple of weeks ago that we would vote based on our our beliefs, yeah, and, and our and our and what what the Bible says, and and try to vote for the person that best represents those things or the policies that best implement those biblical principles, and uh, but also that again that that God would 
thwart any attempts at, at, at fraud and, and, and trickery when it comes to the results of the election? Well, you know, it's something you're not going to hear on a lot of what I would call mainstream media channels or things. But, you know, there's there's a lot of spiritual undertones oh, and, sure. and everything happening. And as believers, I think sometimes we can vilify a political party. We can vilify people. And the truth is that Satan is the father of lies. He's a murderer. And his goal is to create create chaos in every realm he can and to discredit God's people any way he can. That's what his desire is. And, you know, when you think about the spiritual undertones, that there are demonic spirits who are at Satan's beck and call Mm -hmm. that are constantly out like bad little children going out trying to stir up trouble Um, And I don't mean like bad earthly. I mean, they're just Satan's bad children out there. These demonic spirits are out there going, stirring up problems that we forget about. We don't even think about that component. Mm -hmm. We tend to vilify the humans. We tend to take the political party or the, the government or whatever you want to call it, and we fail to realize Satan has been given temporary and limited authority here on earth Mm -hmm. very limited but he still has a lot of influence over people and there's a lot of people who will never bow their knee to jesus that he influences and they do very evil things i don't know if you saw there was a guy who killed a 12 and 14 year old here in florida it was just on the news today yeah i mean that's just they the Sheriff down there said it was the most the worst thing he's seen. It, worst yeah. thing he's ever seen. Yeah. And and so that. that's demonic. Yeah. And and we forget about those things that you know, if have you seen some of these videos of the people who were supposedly out the protesters, but they're not. They're they're just out to create anarchy. Because right. that's what Satan wants. Satan wants chaos. Mm. I mean, as believers, we should want justice. There's no social justice. There's justice. Right. There's biblical justice, period. Yep. And and we should desire that. People, nobody should be mistreated because they have more melanin in their skin. Nobody should be mistreated because they're not at a particular income level. But it's a farce to me to see people masquerading as though they care and they don't care that you know a lot of the political selective outrage oh it is and so uh, as believers how do we respond to all that well we respond in such a way that we love god and that's evident to people and we love people Mm. and what a difference what a contrast that would be and what that is what a contrast that is to what's happening in the world right that if we do that and that's the whole point light versus darkness right light versus darkness is a contrast yeah <laughs> you know i i remember at the at the retreat uh, one of our speakers who's very much involved in the political world and knows about this mentioned what you just said that this is a fight against principalities and powers and of course that's from the the 
pretty well-known passage in, in Ephesians 6, right, about mm-hmm. putting on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And that we need to be reminded of that so that we keep that biblical perspective, that this is what's going on, mm-hmm. but God is in control. That Satan is not ultimately in control. God is. Like you said, he has limited power. Somebody once described him as, you know, you think about a dog, a junkyard dog, right, on a long chain, yeah. right? And he's got influence in the circumference of that chain, right, as far as that chain lets him go. And so what do we have to do? Well, you stay out of that circumference of that chain. And and that's, I think, a good analogy, you know, a simple one, but a good one for, for Satan's influence, right? He's got a certain sphere of influence. And as believers, we know that because we're, we belong to Jesus and the Bible tells us that and, and, and warns us about how to stay away from that. Well, I think, uh, you know, this week we've been talking about servanthood, servants. Uh, yesterday we had Steve Biondo. Um, by the way, if you did not hear that interview, you can go to www.swatradio.com and click on yesterday's broadcast or just type in Steve Biondo, B-I-O-N-D-I, and uh, I'm D-O, I'm sorry, Steve Biondo. Uh, he is the executive director of the uh, Tim Tebow Foundation. But we were talking about servant leadership and just Jesus was the most powerful human being in the history of the world and yet he was a servant he Mm. said i didn't come to be served i came to serve right and it's so hard for us to implement that strategy in our life because everything that we have been exposed to growing up says it's all for you it's Mm -hmm. all about you yeah and it's very difficult and that's why we need each other that's why we need accountability that's why we need a band of brothers um that's why we need uh to be able to encourage one another that uh, ways that you get involved in real quick i know what you know you have been for the last two or three weeks with bennett brown helping out (laughs) a brother named rod cherry we have yeah rod is the oldest living surviving uh, spina bifida patient i know of in the world I, I think he he holds that record and um, he has been a faithful member of swat you've heard i mean you've been connected with him for a while talk a little bit about that i know it's dragged your weekends because you've had to go there rod <laughs> had issues with his house but you and bennett have been helping him and other guys have have joined that effort to help our brother. Yeah, and that's just one simple act of service. But talk just for a second about that, Dave. You're going to make me do that, huh? Yep, I am. <laughs> we got a couple of minutes. I'm going to make you talk well, about first, it. Well, first of all, Bennett's Bennett's kind of been the lead on it, and Bennett Rod used to work for Bennett at the yeah. bank over here, and they've had a long relationship. Rod and I have known each other for several years, and then we got put together when you had us do the buddies uh, yeah. over the summer one year, just the one-on-one kind yeah. of study that we did. So Rod and I have been friends for a few years and try to get together and do things, and, and Rod is such an inspiration. I, I It's unbelievable what he's overcome and, and, and the way he lives his everyday life, just the, the, the things he has to do from the way he gets in and out of the back of his car. To, yeah, by the way, he doesn't have any legs. Right, he right? pulls his wheelchair in. He's got hand controls, obviously, in his car. But just the way he lives and the way that he, the attitude that he has, the way he loves Jesus, and 
loves others, and and so it's been a it's been a no brainer. I mean, it doesn't you know yeah yeah you said the weekends made the weekends drag. I it doesn't we don't look at it like that. It's been a great way to serve Rod. It's been a great way to get together with other SWAT guys who have been over there. There's been four or five other guys at different times helping to. His house, his bedroom got wet with a leak. We pulled out old carpet and got it dried out and painted and moved furniture. And other members of his church family over there in Mandarin have done work to help with the with the drainage problem. And so it's really been it's been a great picture of the body of Christ just coming together and 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 helping out a brother. Okay, so you've helped Rod do that, and and that's been serving. You've also helped when we've distributed food out on the north side. And by the matter matter of fact, we're going to be doing that again tomorrow on the north side uh, down at the Pearls uh, Center over there, uh, shopping center, Pearl Street Shopping Center with uh, Councilman Reggie Gaffney. Yep. And uh, we're going to be distributing food for, to those in need. You've been a part of that. You've been to the Philippines on a mission trip. <laughs> um, you've served in all those capacities. And as we get ready to go out, I know we only got a couple of minutes. Uh, one minute. Have you ever thought, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that no. after serving? No, no. And I'll tell you, I'm like anybody else and probably worse in some ways. For me, three quarters of the battle is thinking about these things. The laziness in me, the, the part that doesn't want to do these things goes, oh, man, that's going to be hard. That's going to be a pain in the neck. Once I, once God overcomes that in me, because he has to, because I wouldn't overcome it in myself. And then I'm doing it. It's fantastic, and I would never, I've never regretted. Doing Nobody any of those ever things. gets no. to the end and go, I wouldn't no. have done that. Exactly well, right. Well, hey, listen, Dave, I'm excited. You're going to be back on Monday and Tuesday of next week, and um, I hope you'll join us next week. We're going to continue looking at letters to the church and specifically what it means to be a good shepherd. And Dave will be leading you in next I week. I will be in your seat for the yeah. first time next yeah. week with Taylor. So yep. looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend and come back to SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 